the SportsZilla Show. Last time we did the interview together, you told me to go heavy in the cryptocurrency game. I did. Uh, we're down 40%. Then I lost my job. Gretchen just wants a new comforter. F*** you, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> the SportsZilla Show. Randall. Noel keeps it alive, but right to Taco Bell. Here comes Parker. Did I just say Taco Bell? Oh, my God. Oh, my goodness. You must be hungry, bro. I need to get some, I need to get some sleep. Sometimes um, I lost my train of thought, yeah. Hearing that bull- all right, yeah, we're going to enjoy that at the TV compound. Honestly, wouldn't even care. This is the Zilla Show. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't want to be here, and I don't want to answer any of these questions, and you guys keep asking me the same questions, so you're not making it super enjoyable. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> the Zilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Radio. We got to do better asking questions to uh, Serena Williams next time. And I guess Venus, too. How you doing today, glue guy? It's a Friday. Just don't ask stupid questions. We got to ask better questions. We're going to ask some questions to some people today. Let's lay that out. Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. Matthew Gutierrez with The Athletic. It's like our Friday weekly check-in with him. Um, Believe it or not, even though he primarily covers SU basketball, we'll ask a little bit about that, but... Got a few other questions. I'm not going to tell you what they are and where we're going to go, but he does occasionally cover golf for the athletic. That's true. Uh, so I do have a golf related question in there. Uh, kerfuffle today is Tommy Gunn Hogan, brother. As you know, you hear him on the blind side. He's producing with Axe and on the block. No on the block with Brent Axe today. So he's going to join us on the phone. Um, that poor guy, he thought he was going to get Friday off, and yet here we are bugging him. We have uh, the kerfuffle, a little bit of a sports rivalry, something going on between him and, well, they're doing the sports betting show. Michael Lear is the voice of the comments and an SU alum, and he's going to join us for Oddsmakers at 3 o'clock to give us some weekend picks. A couple times a week now we're getting him in here. He does a lot of research. i got to double-check what his record is. since Was it 8-2? and two? Uh he tabulates that. Got to find out how well he's doing. He was 3-0 and after the first time we did this. And and then 0-2. and Yeah. Then he was a perfect 3-0. and And they're calling each other out on Twitter. It's been pretty entertaining. So we'll get Tommy Gunn, Hogan brother, starting that at 2.30. And then we'll get Michael Lear's answer at about 3 o'clock. we got to talk about the sports. He'll open the golf match. All the sportscasters in central New York are eventually going to lead into a battle of the sexes. Uh, but we got three of them lined up. That's Mario Sacco, Nico Tamurian, and Mark Larson with Spectrum, and they're playing Tuesday. I have not heard confirmation on whether or not Brent Axe is the foursome, if there is a foursome on this. And we don't know a time of the event either. Uh, we're not quite sure what time they tee off. I believe it is nine holes. Uh, we'll obviously have more of this uh, as, as it comes to our attention. We'll try to get some answers. There was a great Twitter kerfuffle yesterday where they were all talking smack, and that's been highly entertaining. We'll get in the chat at Q Sports Talk on Twitch.tv, which was also lit up about that yesterday. It was yes, pretty it funny. Was. A few other subjects. And then Mike McAllister it will be our last phone guest today. Mike McAllister from Syracuse on SI. We got to talk about a couple of recruits in the class of 2022 because you're, you're able to have players back on campus and take visits now. And, and so there's a couple to keep an eye on. One's David Connor. He's an offensive tackle. Another Daniel Owens. He's a defensive end and anything else in the state of the Syracuse football program that we need to know about, Mike McAllister will tell us. we got to get his thoughts on Gary Gate also. Yep. I, I mean, that Agreed. huge news in the press conference yesterday. We'll get some sound check in here. We're going to hear from Russell Wilson today. Um, you've seen the news. It's been wait, bro- wait, wait. 
Are we going to interview him? Uh, no, we're going to oh. we're going to hear some audio from oh. him. But he is claiming now that he did not request a trade, and I don't believe him. Uh, me neither. I think that's not true. I I'm th- calling BS on that. I think now a little bit of time has passed, and they've they've had communication and probably tried to resolve some issues. But there were issues there for sure. I've seen a few people uh, quote tweet the audio and just say, "Well, of course he's happy." He didn't get traded. Yeah. What is he supposed to say? So it's going to be interesting, and and these issues can rear their ugly head again. You know that that's possible. And, of course, there's still the Julio Jones trade. That's really the only thing that's happened other than more Aaron Rodgers drama and the soap opera there. But it's it's the preseason schedule. They they put that out. Week one, have you heard it yet? Have you seen who your Patriots are playing? Yeah, the Eagles, if I remember correctly. Uh, Washington football team ah, okay. on Thursday, August 12th, uh, 7.30. Eagles play the Steelers at uh, 7.30. And then on Friday the 13th, this is week one, by the way, Titans, Falcons, Bills, Lions, Cowboys, Cardinals, 7, 7, and 10 o'clock are the times on those. Saturday, August 14th, you're going to get the Dolphins and the Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Saints, Ravens, Browns, Jaguars, Jets, Giants, Ooh, Bengals, Buccaneers, Texans, Packers, Chiefs, 49ers, Seahawks, Raiders, Chargers, Rams. Then on Sunday, so it, it's really the full slate, right? They're just taking care of you every day. Uh, this is boring. No one cares about preseason. Nobody cares about It's football, though. Yeah, I know. It's, the NFL. it's preseason. You, everybody will check out like one quarter. Duh. One series and when the st- no. until they take the starters out. No, 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 no. You'll be watching whole games. Yeah. Whether you like to or not, you, it might not be on your main TV. You'll probably put it on your phone, though. But that's the reaction everybody has. Oh, it's just preseason. Nobody cares. But the fact of the matter is we will all watch. But we all watch. We'll watch Thursday. We'll watch Friday. We'll watch Saturday. And we'll watch Sunday. It's the Panthers and the Colts at 1 o'clock. That is your first week of preseason football. Especially if it's uh, your team. We get it by August 12th. Think about that. That's two months. I can't wait. 60 days. Football. Are you ready? Let's go. I don't want to just wish away my summer, but I wouldn't mind watching some preseason football. Uh, some of these uh, issues are going to be taken care of by then, right? Because probably the, not. The, the Packers need a quarterback, don't they? they what play, do you mean they have one? Playing the Texans. How about that for a matchup in week one of the preseason, by the way? Deshaun Watson versus Aaron Rodgers uh, for a series each? No. Or I a, doubt you'll see either of them week one. Tyrod Taylor versus Love. For Although, one. with them eliminating the week four preseason game, do you think we will see actual starters in week one? Because typically you don't. I'm, yeah, you know what? They've shortened it one week because they added a week to the season. You might not see them to week two. That's what I'm thinking. If you do, like I said, one series, maybe two series. If you're lucky. There's certain teams that I think you will see the potential starter. Uh, others, not so much. Like Tom Brady, I wouldn't expect to see him. Uh, don't be surprised because he's practicing right now. Wait, you're Typically, s- he takes a couple weeks off in the summer. Not this year with Tampa. So you think you might see him week one? Yeah. Hmm. I think the coaches won't want him to go out there, but he will. Uh, you think they let him? One series. One series. That's I, I, it. I'm telling you, he gets one series, and that's the end of it. All right, Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN. What's going on in the NFL right now? But did the ghost of Brooks Krisky possess Araldis Chapman? If you remember, what happened? They had called him up, Brooks Krisky, and he imploded, gave up four runs, and it ended up being nine to six. And you're going, oh, man, he's made this a lot closer. It was a cosmetically closer game than it really was because the Yankees annihilated him. Should have had the sweep last night. Then Araldis Chapman came in and pretty much was Brooks Krisky. Threw nine pitches, four hits, two singles, two home runs, both annihilated, one by Josh Donaldson, the other one by Nelson Cruz. And you blinked your eyes in about five minutes real time. The Yankees lost. I sat on my couch last night, and I'm going, what just happened? How? 
How did they lose? His his velocity was down. He was in the mid nineties, maybe touched ninety seven, ninety eight. But you're used to him. Even when he comes in and he's working through some issues for a few pitches, he's usually 97, 98. He ticks back up to 100, 101. He might close out 102. You didn't see that. And the thing is, he was on three days rest, and it was a crazy, crazy, just weird appearance. Couldn't believe that happened. You're like, wow, that hurt. That stung. You should have won that. No broom for the Yankees. No broom for the Yankees. Uh, if you're ready, I am, though. Why don't you ask me a few questions? Give everybody our first official Friday segment. It's called Does It Matter? Matt will ask me some questions here on ESPN Radio. Does it matter? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Does it matter? Does it matter that our current Twitch poll is, do you care about the preseason? No. Or no, but second option. Mm, okay, then I'm going to go with no, but the second option. Okay. So, so now we're 50-50 on that. Uh, Michael's in the Twitch chat. Uh, Pat's in there already. He's Pat, what's going on with Pat here? Better talk hoops with Mike. Okay. Uh, he also says uh, it's not looking good for the Clippers. Uh, me and him have a chicken riggies bet on this game, on the series between the Clippers and the Jazz. And Pat continues, he wants them to lose being the Clippers but thought they would win, hence the bet. Mm, very interesting. And then we're talking preseason. Yeah, fantasy people care about preseason. That's yeah, true. that's fair. And everybody else that says they don't is lying because you will watch it in some capacity. And you're rooting for no injuries. You know you're waiting for some football. That's just a fact. What's your first official question here? Does it matter that you were wrong about Giannis and the Bucks last night? Whoa, 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 whoa. You, you said, and it's in the James Mitsubishi Sports Illustrated Show podcast, wherever you get yours, or on demand right there on Twitch if you consume that way at Q Sports Talk. I have no clue what you're talking about. You said about. point blank you agreed with me. You told you looked right over at Spencer and you said you agreed with Rain on this when when I went off and I couldn't not believe the outcome. I you know what? Eighty six to eighty three. How is that a twenty twenty one NBA playoff game? That's the thing. It was plausible that okay, you you're going back to Milwaukee. The Bucks might get a game there on their home court. You didn't see it happening after the Nets demolished them for the first two games. But I certainly didn't expect it to be like a 1990s score. Low-scoring, defensive. The Bucks said point-blank, that's what we focused on. That's ultimately how they got the win. But a score in the 80s, you're not wrong. Dude, that just is not what you expect to see in the current modern age of basketball. It felt like before uh, the three-point line was implemented. Spencer Davidson, I'll be back with this again in studio next Tuesday and Thursday he said, I disagree with you, Rain. And then he said what he said, and he was right. And damn, and I wish he was here so we could rip on him right now and spin this into something else to make him look foolish. But instead, it's us. I don't know. No, it was you. It was me. It was all me. I'll take the heat for that, even though you agreed with me. That's just fine. What's your next question? Does it matter that Rudy Gobert won his third Defensive Player of the Year award? Yeah, you know, you know and... You know this about me. I've always been eh, meh about Rudy Gobert, but that might be Remember, part, he caused COVID. Uh, that he did, but that might be part of the reason why they're good, why the Jazz are really good. Spite of Mitchell's score in the points. But uh, you got to have someone playing defense. Yeah, for sure, and, and he's disruptive, and it's, it's obviously very important and critical to their success. You're, you're pretty good at it if you've won three of them now. 
that's a good team. And you know what? He's showing that he's a championship caliber team. However, who comes out of the West ultimately? Is it going to be the Suns? It potentially could, man. Look at CP3 and what he's doing for this team. It really, I guess it really depends. So the Suns and the Nuggets play tonight. They're up 2-0. Did you see that stat? Teams that go up 3-0 in the NBA are 322 all time. Wow. If, if the Suns beat the Nuggets tonight, that series is pretty much over. Sixers, Hawks tonight as well. Man, two totally different outcomes. I think if that Joel Embiid that shows up in game two shows up in game three, watch out, then the Hawks have no chance. I mean, they barely held on for the win in game one. They're a very good basketball team. They still aren't quite there yet. Regardless of Trey Young, love loving to be the villain, being spectacular so far. I, I was going to say, are you going to say that you love Trey Young? Because I was going to be surprised by that. Yeah, we got to give him credit. He, he's doing it. He's he's a fun player to watch. He's proving it on the court. He's responding. He doesn't mind being the villain. I think he th- he's thriving in the atmosphere of playoff basketball. And until he proves otherwise, what else are you going to say about him? And then, of course, you had the Jazz beat the Clippers last night. By the way, let me give out that score. They're up 2 nothing. a potential there to go up 3 nothing in their series. What's your next question? This is called Does It Matter on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio. Carmelo is one of five finalists for the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Social Justice Award. And it's great that he's using his platform for the advancement Agreed. of humanity. Uh, we can all be better. Uh, he does a lot of work. I, I have no problem with players being outspoken on any issue. Stick to sports is not a thing anymore. If you argue that narrative, give me a break. Otherwise, you're only allowed to speak on one thing in your life and nothing else. Why are athletes held to a different standard? That's fair. Seriously. That's fair. You're not wrong. You play basketball for a living. You can only talk about that. Okay, well, what do you do for a living? Because that's the only thing that you're allowed to talk about. If I walked into my house every night and just talked about radio. Your wife would kill you. I I wouldn't have a Mrs. Rain at all. That wouldn't happen. You wouldn't be alive. She doesn't just talk about her job and what she does for a living. Because I wouldn't want to hear about that either, (laughs) to be perfectly honest with you. Next question, sir. Does it matter that Ernie Johnson won a sports Emmy for Inside the NBA on TNT? He should also get an award for dealing with Shaq and Chuck on a nightly basis. Do you ever wonder if that might be part of why he won that award? Yeah. He's good at it, though. He should get Babysitter of the Year. You ever, you ever realize that when you watch him, he he does all of the traditional things that a host will do. He, he pumps. He moderates. He he moderates. He pumps that information out there. He gets you the stats and the info and gets you to the highlights. But it is the most unique presentation of a sports show that's happening right now. Uh, I think any broadcast. It's comedic, and, it is. and he he just seamlessly he stays in the same lane as Shaq and Chuck and, and comedic and keeps it light. And Kenny, he can join in on the hijinks, but then he takes it serious just long enough to get out what needs to get out there. And then the rest of it, it's just fun. It is. It's fun. I think it's well-deserved and he used to get clowned on, but he's been at it so long. that You start to really appreciate that. Ernie Johnson's pretty damn good at his job. In my humble opinion, we got to pause here. Any more questions, or are we just going to say, eh, hold up a second? Uh, we'll do that during Twitch. All right, we'll do that during Twitch. If you're with us on Twitch, and there's quite a, a few people right now, Q Sports Talk, we're going to bring a little bit more of our conversation and ask you about it. We'll be back on the radio, on ESPN Radio, on the phones with Matthew Gutierrez next. He's from The Athletic, and what are we going to ask him? 
The Sportzilla Show. Hello, son. I'm looking for Henry Ruhlenfurter. Raven Boozer. Hey, better, better, better. Hey, better. Rosenberger. Swing, better. Warm up. You're going in. Garden Hoser. Ruhlenfurter. I never doubted him for a minute. Hey, way to go, run mucker. Bringing central New York sports fans together. Ron Gardner, you're going in. What do you call me? It's the Sportzilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash QSportsTalk and ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the radio. If you're with us on Twitch, though, QSportsTalk, you're about to see the picture. There it is. Matthew Gutierrez, uh, reporter for The Athletic, who is out on the West Coast still, but we feel like we have to have a weekly check-in. His, pr- pr- his prime job is covering Syracuse basketball. And it's, it's a slower time of the year right now for that. But we like talking to him, and we want to keep him in our rotation of guests. So here he is, yes? I feel like our first question should always be to him, where in the world is Matthew Gutierrez? Yeah, like where's Waldo, right? Exactly. You're not wearing a striped shirt or anything, are you, Matthew? How are you, bud? Hey, guys. Always a blast to be on. Uh, happy to, to, to chat with you. Uh, I'm on the West Coast right now with some, with some family, but still working here doing some calls so uh all good thank you for always taking ours being an alum and being that i just saw a tweet in the q sports talk social media feed at espn syracuse or at espn you are by the way uh we retweet you we retweet you frequently um but you were talking about gary gate being an alum and realizing you've got a legend following a legend and what an innovator he is and many call him the michael jordan of lacrosse uh, with Desco retiring, I just wanted to get your takeaways and thoughts on the hiring of Gary Gate by the university. Yeah, I mean, thought it was a, a, a huge win hire um, for for some. I think sort of an obvious choice in a way, given he you know he's rumored to possibly be the successor for a while now. And you know, I don't follow the lacrosse program day to day, but just have being being in the area, I'm sure a lot of you know listeners even now who uh, who follow it closely are just kind of broadly um, knew he was sort of in the circle right he, he's a, he's a obviously a legend in his own game but he's been coaching for a long time he coached men's professionally coached at Maryland on the woman's side and then obviously has had a lot of success for uh, for the Q women so this is not a surprise and you know just to add a couple new things I know you probably talked about it this week and I've turned in a little bit is that uh, I thought yesterday in his press conference you know his he outlined a couple things, a couple neat stories. One was the, the Daryl Gross note. I don't know if you caught that, where uh, at first he, he didn't want to take the Syracuse women's job about 15 years ago because he said, eh, it's too cold uh, in Syracuse. I've been there already. <laughs> uh, but a year later, you know, he, he decides to come back, and he really said it was for the people and more of the blue-collar uh, community. He liked the environment. Obviously, we all know in, in CNY it's, it's very comfortable, right? It's, it's uh, homey. And it's it's got that special vibe. So I, I think he wasn't just saying that. I, I genuinely believe he he to least some degree believes that was part of it. Uh, so those are the, the couple things. And then lastly, on recruiting, I thought it was really cool. He was very clear right off the bat. Obviously, Cuse has recruited pretty well lately. We have the number one recruit in the in the country coming in next fall, I think it is. But uh, he was like, look, you know, we're going to probably reduce the size of our classes but be a little bit more targeted in the areas they look for and the players they look for. I thought that was really interesting and, uh, and some good insight right off the bat on, on his recruiting strategy. Obviously, the recruiting starts right now in the summertime. You're absolutely right. We, we re-aired that portion of uh, the interview about his comments on recruiting yesterday. 
Yeah, Joey Spelina, man. And, you know, his dad is out there as an option for the women's team. DeFleece yep. right now is your interim coach is there just trying to make everything cohesive and get through this offseason and see where we go from here. I expect some news on that probably sooner rather than later. I don't think it'll be that long before they figure out a plan. We're talking to Matthew Gutierrez on ESPN Radio on the Sportsilla Show. Uh, cross lacrosse, off the list. Let's move to golf. So we've been doing this thing called the kerfuffle where we look at beefs within sports. Uh, it could be, well, our example is in the world of golf between Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau. And I know you're 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 doing a little golfing on your own, but you're a fan and you have occasionally written for The Athletic about that. And we just wondered what your observations were. We feel that it's fantastic for golf. It's uh, great for the sport, having two big names like that, especially in the absence of Tiger Woods, to have those two guys beefing. Yeah, I mean, it was huge to have lefty Phil Mickelson win the PGA at 50 years old. That was remarkable. I mean, the oldest to ever win a major but then to keep the conversation of golf out there, you know, people don't pay as much attention. The numbers are down if Tiger's not involved. But when you've got Brooks Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau kind of, you know, basically saying, yeah, we don't like each other. You don't normally see that in golf, the gentleman's game. So what are your takeaways on it? Yeah, I'm with, you. I'm with both of you. I think it's, it's, it's really neat to see that. And, you know, if they want to have a if it's lighthearted or not, whatever the case, uh, in the future even, just with other top players, all for it, you know, uh, not just for an attention grab, so to speak, but I think it legitimately humanizes them a little bit and makes them more uh, rec- recognizable, identifiable to people. So absolutely. And, you know, you think about uh, golf, as you mentioned, you know, ratings, you know, the, I think popularity is, a little bit down, although maybe COVID helped with that, at least last year, you know, being golf is one of the few things you could actually do, you know, with other people. Um, you know, I think it's, it just helps the, the growth uh, of the sport, especially in between majors, right? I mean, we hear so much about golf on the U.S. Open week, Masters week, you know, PGA uh, Championship week, and, and some of the bigger uh, events of the year, really just a couple, if you, if you want to circle those major ones that really get, um, you know, sports center headlines and stuff like that. But to to have the game kind of dismiss some of the quieter periods, I think is important for, for golf to try to become more than just, um, you know, that the old, try to shed that old fashioned, you know, wealthier, um, uh, you know, label that it's gotten and, and probably deservingly so for a while, but to, to really shed away from that, I think is good. And, you know, to have these young golfers, you know, whether it's, sponsorships or fun videos or, or or just little beasts like this. I think it all helps. So the match returns this year with Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. Do you think Brooks Kepka should get involved with this somehow? I think he should, yeah. It would be fun to, you know, whether it's on the golf course or if he makes some, some sort of uh, surprise appearance midway through <laughs> as a joke to uh, – to throw off the shambo, right? Wouldn't that be funny? Something you know out of, out of the blue. Who's uh, absolutely that was that was a great event last year. I'm looking forward to definitely checking that out, especially when the, when they were mic'd. It was so fun, you know. <laughs> when you can hear their dialogue, well, hilarious. Who, yeah. Who's um, Bryson teamed up with? Aaron Rodgers. And and the other twosome is Phil Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady. So why doesn't Brooks Kepka caddy for Tom Brady? 
Or he shows up and just heckles DeChambeau Something like, yeah. as a uh, spectator. You're the guy that heckled Happy Gilmore. Yes. You remember that uh-huh. guy? Uh, something along those lines, that would be funny. That's got to happen. We've got to find a way to make this happen. I, golf needs to understand how hilarious this situation is and help us out a little bit. Matthew Gutierrez is here with us once again on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. It is the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. If there is something basketball-related, uh, Pat and a couple of others were suggesting that at Q Sports Talk in our Twitch chat, uh, whether you want us to ask Matthew Gutierrez or Mike McAllister in our next hour, let us know. I want to turn it to Syracuse women's basketball. Um, remember the big conversation when we had, what, 12 players enter the transfer portal? Well, now the final piece of... This next year's team, Coach Q has gotten Maryland forward, a graduate transfer, Alasia Styles to commit. So that's seven players. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the number 11 recruiting class in the country and three returning players that stayed with the program from next year. So it's all set and done. And it seems to be uh, just a Friday news dump thing. Not that much of a deal. We still haven't gotten any answers as to what happened that caused 12 to leave. Uh, what are your general thoughts and observations on the SU women's team with that news breaking today, Matthew. Yeah, I think a, a pretty good reload for them. Like you said, uh, more high-end recruiting efforts. They've continued to recruit well, especially the last couple of years. Obviously, a lot of players uh, have left from those classes, but they are at least reloading, which is a, a really good thing. And if, it, if I think if they weren't reloading, then it would really be an alarm. But the fact that they're reloading – uh, they have some transfers coming in. Some pieces is um, is a really good step in the in the right direction for for Hillsman, who you know has been really clear. He wants to make some deep runs, and they've had some you know disappointing March finishes the past few years. So I think he he's where they want to try to get over that hump and and not only thrive in the regular season of the ACC, which they've done before, but now really try to push into March. And they need these you know ancillary pieces. They need that the, the three point shooter off the bench. They need. Um, to be consistent inside in the paint area, uh, so all I think all um, pretty much good on the, on their front. It'll be interesting to see how they look. Uh, we're a few months away from that. Uh, well, three months away from the men's side as well. But hey, it's June. Uh, players have already struck going into campus for for summer workouts and, and classes. So we'll, we'll we'll definitely get some insight in the next couple months. I think just on how early impressions on some of these newer players. Yeah, I hope everything just works out. I hope this comes together seamlessly for him. I uh, just got a comment uh, on a, and a question relating to the class of 2022 for the men and Justin Taylor, but I think we're almost out of t- You know what? No, I'm going to steal 30 seconds. Does the strength of the 2022 class for Jim hinge on Justin Taylor based on where we are right now? Give me 30 seconds, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, he's a super talented player. I don't think it really hinges on him because they're also in a running for uh, a couple of other uh, guards uh, in that in that area. So I don't if, I don't think if it, I don't think if it's like if they miss Justin, uh, it's hit or miss on that class. I think they definitely will get a guard. They're after so many, um, whether it's Copeland or, or Starling mm-hmm. or Chance Westry. There's a few names to watch. So I, I no, Justin would be a great addition for Cuse. I mean, he is a star. Uh, future star, but but not a make or break. Appreciate you taking the call from the West Coast. We're going to check in with you next Friday, so plan on it. Mike, uh, Matthew Gutierrez, excuse me, from The Athletic. Always nice enough to join us on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. we got to get to our official kerfuffle with Tommy Gunn Hogan brother, and that's next. <laughs> 
the SportsZilla Show from 2 to 4. Against Bayheim in the lane. Oh, what a block. block. Again by Griffin. What a block by Alan Griffin. He saved the game at both ends of the floor. It's time for Rain and Matt. Are you going to change because of one game? No, I'm not. I'm just, I'm just. Well, let me explain this to you. We've got three guards, and we're going to use all three. All right? Got it? You guys want to coach, go get a high school. Go, go get a team somewhere and coach. All right? It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk and ESPN Radio. I'm not sure I feel bad about the fact that I think we're sort of setting Michael Lear up with his preemptive strike in, uh, I guess, what we can call this officially. Sportzilla kerfuffle. We're going to let Tommy Gunn Hogan, a brother, join us up here on the phone lines. Do you mind that I've added to your nickname that Brent Axe gave you? Because I feel Tommy Gunn is weaker than Tommy like Hogan, brother, because... I mean, Hulk Hogan, come on. Are you cool with that, Tommy? I do think it's a little bit of a mouthful, but I don't hate the, the shout-out to Uncle Terry. So I'm okay with it, but as long as you're willing to say the full thing. It's a, it's a little bit much for a nickname, but hey, if, you, if, if, it's not, if it's not too much for you, then fine. I agree. It's a little overboard. Uncle Terry, I love it. It's a little overboard, but I decided I had to go with it because I wanted to one-up Brent. I don't know why. I think it's because he makes Yankees on deck start at 6.04, Every time that we're on the air with that, uh, but that's you know. I, go ahead. I'm glad you brought that. I'm glad you brought that up because I did want it on the record to apologize that we're not very good at uh, staying on the clock. We get a little stuck on the blind side. We, we take a little bit of your time, and I apologize for that. We're going to try to do better. I have no promises, unfortunately. See, I know it's tough for Brent, but we, we try our darnest. No, 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 no. You don't. You take any of the heat for this. This is entirely on Brent, 100. <laughs> percent we're not mad about it. It's kind of become this running gag, and, and everybody's amused by it. We call it the axe delay now. It's supposed to start at 6, but with an axe delay, I, I mean, maybe they're slow taking the tarp off. We get started at 6.04. Uh, pretty funny. Tommy, listen, there's a rivalry going with you and Michael Lear, who is one of the broadcasters for the Utica Comets now, but he's a Syracuse alum, as are you. And we first of all, we thought it was hilarious when you divulged his college nickname of Ranch to us. Uh, but he's going to be obviously coming on with his picks, and he brags about his record. And I know you got a couple of picks left, but I want you to lay it out. Uh, what's the deal with this rivalry with you and Michael Lear? You call him Ranch, we call him the Professor. Nobody loves bragging about their picks more than Michael Lear. Um, it's a kid. I've known Mike since freshman year of college. He lived on my fourth freshman year. We ended up living together by senior year. And the guy, the reason I call him Ranch is because he loves ranch dressing. And one night he got caught with ranch dressing all over his face while eating eating dino nuggets. And he looked disgusting. And he looked, he just douses ranch and everything. So it, it, ranch stuck with stuck with it. it. It was the perfect nickname for him. And it, it just it's a quick. So you have with the Tommy Gun uh, brother, whatever it is, Tommy Gun brother. A little bit of a mouthful. Ranch, easy to say. Yeah, yeah. No, you're a little bit more concise with your words. Your self editing, exactly. your self editing is is fantastic. Um, I didn't see. I didn't go to Newhouse, so I, I throw all those rules out the window, and I just went for I didn't it. Either. I didn't either. Rain. I just went for it. Tommy Gunn Hogan, brother. I like it. It's sticking. I'm gonna stay with it. Um, have you heard about the Sportzilla Open, this golf match that we kind of got set up on Wednesday with? We kind of call it like Sportscaster Day on Wednesdays on the Sportzilla show. So we had Nico and Mario and Mark Larson 
And then Axe went and tried to get in as a foursome on this. And now we have like Alex Sims and some others potentially setting up a battle of the sexes. And this is something that's going to be ongoing for the rest of the summer. Uh, basically, what I want to know is, have you heard about it? And if you have, who is your pick? Like, who do you think? We're adding a pick to the two that you're going to give us. Who wins this? Who do you think wow, has the best game? Yeah, go ahead. It's kind of like battle of the, the local network stars. You know, like I feel like you guys should put some, raise the stakes a little bit and whichever network or whichever sports broadcaster wins, you have to watch that network for a couple months specifically for your sports your sports broadcast for that night. So maybe if you guys want to raise the stakes a little bit. But here's the thing. I don't know anything about these guys' golf games besides Nico. I have a little bit of a tip on Nico's golf game because Brent Axe, the guy who I, whose show I produce, golfed with him a week or two ago. Brent said he shot an 85. Nico shot an 88 that day. So mm. that's I don't I don't know what that says if that was a good day for Nico, a bad day for Nico or just an average day. But he has an 88 in his pocket. So that's what Mario, that's what uh Mark and that's what uh Alex has to has to be or somewhere around there could be the score that wins it. Okay. But I, I don't know who's going to win. Do you uh, really do, you, do you have knowledge of what course they played? Man, no, I don't off the top of my head. I can't remember. No, this is good. We get we get Tommy away from Brent, and we can pump him for some inside information I like it. here. I like it. I, I like this. Thank you for feeding us the inf- this information. Oh we, yeah, we do probably have to up the stakes a little bit pending the outcome of what happens on Tuesday. That's fair. We've got to work something into this. We we got work to do this weekend. That's all I know. Okay, Tommy, uh, we've come to the point. This is Tommy Gunn Hogan, brother, producer of On the Block with Brent Axe, with us here during our kerfuffle on the SportsZilla show on ESPN Radio, and he has two picks for us. Uh, Let's see how they match up against Michael Lear when he joins us after three. Go ahead, Tommy. So I'm not going to pick the NHL like Mike likes to do, and I do think he probably needs a couple, someone to to talk to that has probably seen the game for a couple decades. It seems like Mike's too... A little bit of a rookie when it comes to, to seeing lacrosse. He doesn't see the ice as well as, as some other people do. So I, I'm going to stay away from the NHL. I'm not going to be this fraud that Mike thinks. The, 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 I'm not going to be a fraud. Mike Mike thinks he's a hockey guy. A little bit of a fraud there. Yeah, you, I'm going to go with the I'm going to go with the NBA for the night. You would my, think. My picks. You would think that the voice of the comments of a hockey team would do a little bit better with the NHL. I agree with you. I'll I, I'll say it for you. But then again, that was on Twitter. Go ahead. You're going to go with the NBA first? My voice in the comments would know who, who picks uh, the, the picks for the NHL for the night. They would not go over. I know that. But my picks for the NBA, I got both games tonight. I like the Sixers minus one. You can find them minus one and a half maybe. But I like the Sixers going into Atlanta, game three, and they'll, they'll beat Trey Young. I know Trey Young's been very good, very good. Knocked out on the next train. I'm sorry. That's okay. He's trying to come. He's probably become a one of the like evil people in the NBA. It's crazy how he has become uh, this enemy in the NBA now so quickly. He's a villain. And I also, I know that's the word I was looking for. Evil is strong villain. He's a villain now in the NBA. Somehow, this little guy with the worst head of hair in the NBA has now become <laughs> the villain. I, I, but um, I. I like the Nuggets, too. Nuggets minus one and a half. They're down 2-0 in the series. They're back home now. I think they're going to get a game, but I do still like the Suns to come out of that series. But Jokic, he's coming off the MVP award. I like the Nuggets minus one and a half and and the Sixers minus one. And if you can parlay those two, because you don't really need the point, if you can just money line parlay to give you some better odds, better payout, 
that's how, if you want to win money, that's how I do it. Or if you want to fade me, that's probably another good way to, to make money. But if, if you have faith in me, let's money line parlay those two picks. Tommy, can you do us a favor later tonight after the games are done? Tag us both on Twitter and give us your record for the night. Yeah, we want to know how you end up. Okay, so the 76ers minus one, uh, Nuggets minus one, or bet the, money, uh, bet the money line and parlay. That's your advice. Those are your two official picks. All right, we're those gonna, are my two official picks. Okay, all right, we're going to throw those out to Michael Lear when he joins us in just a few minutes. You feel free to join the Twitch chat at Q Sports Talk and talk smack the entire time if you want to feed us information while we have Michael on the phone later. Well, we will happily pass that along and mess with them a little bit, just like you did. Any final you words, Tommy? You don't have to ask me twice. Michael is that guy. Everybody has him in their friend group where you're be- you're, he's one of your best friends, but there's nobody you love talking trash to more, and that's Michael for me. I totally get that. I absolutely get that. Uh, Sports everybody talk, has that person. Uh, Jordan jumped in there and said, uh, quote, credit to me for apologizing, Tommy Hogan, probably. Yep, thank you. <laughs> you that's are nice. not at fault for Brent Axe being late when we try to do Yankees on deck on time at 6 o'clock during the week. Okay, so you're totally excused on that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I probably shouldn't be, but I appreciate you doing that for me. Thank you, brother. Tommy, appreciate the time today. A lot of fun. Let's get it together for next Friday. We want to do a three-way call with you and Michael Lear. Uh, in the meantime, we're just getting it started. This has been your, conf- your kerfuffle on ESPN Radio. The Sportszilla Show. Oh, yeah. Bringing the central New York sports fan together. You're supposed to wear your mask all over your nose. I'm not going to, so quit asking. Can everyone hear me okay? You're killing me, Smalls. It's the Sportszilla Show with Rain and Matt on twitch.tv slash Talk and ESPN Radio. Well, for Pete's sake, here we go again. Time for the airing of the sports grievances. Our little segment called You're Killing Me, Smalls, the closeout hour number one of the Sportszilla Show on ESPN Radio. It is the Glue Guy, Matt Page, and Rain, and a lot of fun people in our Twitch chat today at Q Sports Talk. Those of you out there listening on a Friday Appreciate you as well. You can find the Sportzilla Show, by the way, on Facebook and on Twitter at ESPN Sportzilla. Look for the Sportzilla Show. Give it a like. Give it a follow. Feel free to correspond with us that way. At ESPN, you are Matt is Matt's page on Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at ESPN Rain. How's that? Uh, is Matt's page on Twitter. Is Matt's page on Twitter. Pun unintended. Wow. But, but I like what I did there. Uh, so I was thinking about, you know, what am I going to vent about a little bit what made me roll my eyes or just sit there going what it was a Rawls Chapman last night so disappointing to see that performance um, a couple weeks ago he gave up a home run for the first time all season yeah. and we're like okay that was an outlier won't happen for quite a while and here we are yet again he's been two time home run he's been ultra super mega dominant this year arguably his best closing job thus far, at least while he's been with the Yankees. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but, yeah, you're like, you know, hey, give up a hit here or there. Or, you know, okay, he comes in, gives up the single and the home run to Donaldson. That's fine. But then to follow it up with, in a total of nine pitches, to give up four hits, two of them being home runs. and A give, single and another home run. To give up four runs and let the Twins walk off like that when you're just sitting there three outs away from a sweep of a bad team that you should have swept. You're just like, what is going on? I'm sitting there after the after the first single and the home run to like, Donaldson. Okay. Chapman will get it together. He'll be fine. Yeah, he'll he'll get out of this and, and they'll win the game. I thought that was it. That was over. That was his couple of bad pitches. 
He's still maybe just not quite locked in. The stuff will come around. He'll get through this with that splitter and with the cheese. And then the single happened, and I'm like, okay, a little nervous now, but it's still Chapman. He'll be fine. And then after Donaldson hit that one 438, and as you said, the single that follows that up, and there's a guy in it, and I'm like, wait a minute. It's Nelson Cruz. Oh, it's Nelson Cruz. I'm, I'm, hang on. I'm sitting there thinking to myself, wait a minute. He, it's not going to happen. He's not going to give up a home run to Nelson Cruz. Am I right? Not going to happen. And then it happened. And then it happened. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Were, it, you, were you just like staring at the TV when it happened? Like what just happened? And even though I don't necessarily, as I had said earlier, go home and we were talking about Carmelo and social justice and you know, stick to sports isn't a thing anymore. And I was telling you about that conversation I had with Mrs. Rain and I don't bring radio home. Nobody was in the living room when I literally did look at my TV and went, oh, you're killing me, Smalls. I actually (laughs) did that in real life IRL last night. I was so just... Please don't say that. What, IRL? IRL, Yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. That's okay. That's my bad. Uh, Was that that bad? Was saying IRL bad? Next Twitch poll, Q Sports Talk. What could I have gone with? What are some other alternatives in in place of that? I don't know, but it just made you sound 100 when you said that. Uh, I'm a boomer now? Yeah. Oh, boy. Do you know Gen X, which I'm in, and I'm not at this number yet, but the oldest members of Generation X are turning 50 this year? Really? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. But it's, yet? it's I can see the light of that number at the end of the tunnel I see. in a few years. Where does the time go? You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Smalls. Uh, that was my gripe with Araldus Chapman. Let's talk to Michael Lear next on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line on the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio. It's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Turn it on and rip the knob off. You're listening to the radio. If you switch the radio to some modern music show, that's it, that cuckoo foul. Here's Rain and Matt. Okay, so as we welcome Michael Lear to answer the shots fired by Tommy Gunn Hogan, brother producer for On the Block with Brad Axe and Michael Lear, uh, one of the voices of the Utica Comets and Syracuse alum, we call him the professor. Uh, college buddies call him Ranch. Uh, so before we get his picks, we bring him on to give us his well-researched picks. Uh, if you're into sports betting, listen, Michael Lear is your guy. But um, I think that Tommy has gone out and called in reinforcements and you're being ambushed in Q Sports Talk and the Twitch. Let me read you a couple here. I uh, he said, I've seen, Oliver says, I've seen Ranch visibly gag from Frank's Red Hot. Uh, J17 looks good in shorts, or JA17, whatever that is. He says, I have a very credible source who can confirm the kid on the phone sleeps next to a bucket of Ranch in case he gets hungry in the middle of the night. Uh, young Wolf Ahu he said Mike can be taken down with mild hot sauce and then followed that up with no shock. He commentates a game played on ice uh, between that and the shots fired by Tommy Hogan. Um, the floor is yours to address any and all of this. However, you see fit Michael Lear. I mean, welcome to my life. The boys like to gang up on me and I just keep winning. I just keep coming up on top, whether it's chirping the boys, whether it's, Getting the uh, getting the picks right, whatever it is, they they do what they can to tear me down. It's it's absolutely hilarious. So and you, I don't like spicy things, and I like ranch dressing. So <laughs> I'm I'm all open to admitting that. <laughs> uh, you got you're gonna have an MLB, NHL, and NBA pick for us in just a couple of minutes. Uh, but that makes me laugh. Uh, up until thus far, <laughs> what is your current 
rate or your current record on your picks that you have given us here on the Sportsilla show? Is it eight and four? I'm seven, four, and one. So we had a push, but in the gambling world, I like to consider a push a win because I didn't lose any money. So I'm I'm always happy with a push because it gives you all the fun of betting on a game and. Yeah, you don't make money, but I like a push. So I'm 7-4-1. and one. Uh, Tommy gave us two picks in the NBA, 76ers minus one, Nuggets minus one, or at the money line and parlay that. Uh, how are you feeling about those two picks? It was uh, Nuggets minus one and a half. Ne- Nuggets minus one and a half, my bad. Uh, so there you go. What do you feel about his picks? So I actually really like the Philly one. Um, I think Philly minus one is or money line either way. I think that's a great pick. Uh, I think their defense is going to travel. When Embiid's on the court, I think they're really difficult to play against. And I really like that pick. The other one, I don't love Denver, honestly. Um, I'm, not gonna, I'm just going to stay away from that game because I, I just don't like the line at all. Um, so I, I, I'm with him on Philly, though. He, we were texting this morning about – because when I didn't know he was coming on your show, I was going to give another one of his picks. And I already had Philly in my mind, and then he said it. So we're actually – as much as uh, he likes to talk smack and, and run his big old mouth, um, he, uh, him and I are on the same page with Philly. <laughs> you got me. You got me. Whoa. Got him. Got he broke the fourth wall. <laughs> that, that was a, a legitimate, literal L-O-L-F out loud. Uh, bring it, man. Returning fire. Michael Lear on the phone with us. Sportzilla Show, ESPN Radio. See, there's advantages to going second. That way he can build up all the ammunition and get ready for it. Yeah, we so we've had you booked, obviously. And then after the fact, uh, don't be mad at us, but I was like, we got to get Tommy Hogan on today to preemptive strike this. Especially after all the tweets hey, uh, you, earlier. I love that. You got to... You gotta have us both, and when we get when we have our show up and moving, it's gonna be the two of us, and we're gonna have a blast. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy you had them both on. I'm happy you you tossed Hogan the bone. I know it's kind of a charity case to have him on, but I, but I'm happy you did. Y- young, Love it. Young Wolfa who says that he can confirm Tommy has a massive mouth. Um, J17 looks good in shorts. Says that you haven't watched a single NBA game all year. This is in our Twitch chat. Uh, let's see. Mike liking Tommy's picks is the worst thing Tommy could have heard. Uh, this is getting good. Uh, I have absolutely no idea who this is, but I absolutely love the username. Um, yeah, we're not sure. Some of these people, seriously, there are reinforcements. Um, you're being ambushed right now in our Twitch chat, Michael Lear. It's just pretty funny. And we're not supposed to bring up spare tire with you? Yeah, what's the deal with spare tire? Oh, one time Tommy thought the words uh, Lear and tire rhymed, so he started calling me tire. And I, I, I mean, it's, his phonetics were a little bit off in that situation, but whatever, we'll give it to him. Okay, that, no, good to know. Yeah, no, he missed. He missed on that one. That was not a bullseye. He didn't even hit the dartboard. So I got one legitimate, <laughs> one legitimate thing I really want to ask you about uh, as a sports fan before we get to your picks. Um, Will Middlebrooks was addressing the issue of the sticky stuff, the foreign substances and the big storyline in Major League Baseball. And as you know, Garrett Cole of the Yankees seems to be the poster child or taking the brunt of the criticism on that. But Will Middlebrooks brought up the fact that in 2018, Major League Baseball bought the rights to Rawlings, the company, for $395 million. This business deal obviously swept under the rug. So MLB is helping to manufacture the baseballs, and you've heard about the criticism with them, how they're lighter this year by about an ounce, uh, how they're sticky or I should say smoother and slipperier this year. And then all of a sudden here we are 
the entire history of the game, there's been some type of foreign substance used by pitchers, but it really is a big deal this year with the spider tech and everything else. Uh, do you think there is something to that conspiracy theory? Because then didn't, didn't uh, what's his face on the Mets? Uh, Pete Alonzo. Pete Alonzo, first baseman. Thank you. The name completely flew out of my head for a quick second there. Hasn't he come out recently in the past couple of days and kind of pushed the narrative or furthered that conspiracy theory? What do you think of that whole situation? And before you answer, Michael, I just find it crazy that the young guys are going after the office like that, and they're not scared to do so. Yeah. Well, first on the on the subject of just pitchers using sticky stuff or whatever it is, I spent three seasons calling minor league baseball, and um, some of my best friends became a couple of the pitchers. And one day we just started. We were talking about it. They all use something. Every single one. Every single pitcher is using something to get a better grip on the baseball. Uh, like I mean, and I was shocked when I had that conversation. And they was like, one guy had his chapstick. One guy had his. Um, suntan lotion that was not suntan lotion chapstick wasn't chapstick they have they all do something and whether it's you know really obvious that's when we start talking about it i personally think that a pitcher should have a better grip on a baseball i think that helps everybody like obviously it 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 gives some pitchers a major advantage to put crazy spin on a ball but if you're standing in the batter's box at the professional level you don't want the ball slipping out of his hand and not going or hitting you in the head or anything like that. I'm all good with pitchers having an extra grip on the ball. Uh, with As far as the whole conspiracy with what's going on in the league and all that, I think that eventually, as everything does, more details will come out on it. Um, but it is interesting, and that's been such a crazy thing that I'm, in the last five years or so, talking about the ball itself and the science behind it and all these little changes, um, I think eventually they'll figure it out and just find something that everyone's happy with. Um, but yeah, from my experience and my thoughts, that's that's what I think about that situation. Uh, yeah, that's that's very interesting. So, uh, according to Tommy back here in the Twitch chat, Q Sports Talk, uh, Mike's the one being left behind in the group, just like a spare tire. It's a big brain nickname. That's why Ranch wouldn't get it, uh, according to him. Michael Lear is also known as Ranch. He's on the phone with us on the Sports Hill Show on ESPN Radio. Uh, would you care to respond to that? And um, if so, once you're done, we will get to your picks. Yeah, the spare, I mean, the spare tire joke is funny, but it originated. They, he came up with the name because he thought it rhymed one time after a couple of wheat sodas. Um, but <laughs> then they found a reason to, to piece it together, so it actually did stick a little bit. But for the record, it, it was invented because one night Tommy thought that tire and Lear rhymed. Ah, okay. Yeah, I can't go with that one. I can deal with the big brain explanation that you gave here after the fact. <laughs> What are your picks for us? Why don't we start with the NHL since you were called on in the fact that a guy that calls hockey games for a living should probably do better there? Yeah, I've, I've never been good at betting the NHL. I won't lie. I mean, I've never been great. I've been good at times, but never great. Um, so I decided to go with a, uh, I'm calling it the C1 go in parlay because you know, when you're playing basketball and sometimes you just need a free throw, you just need to see it go in. I'm going to parlay the two winners of the series, I'm just going to take Vegas and Tampa Bay to win their series. Um, it's decent odds when you put them together. They're both heavy favorites, but it's not getting cute with it. It's just saying that Vegas and Tampa Bay are going to win their series respectively and, and move on to the big dance. So Vegas beat the Avalanche. They've already moved on, so you can tie that right in with the Islanders and the Lightning. And of course, a lot of former Syracuse Crunch players in, in that lineup, and it's crazy. I didn't think the Islanders were getting this far this year. Okay, so that's your NHL pick. 
And what is your NBA pick? So my NBA, we already talked about Philly minus one. I'm I'm riding with Tommy on that. Okay. Um, I like the Sixers. And your MLB pick, what would that be? This is your final pick today, Professor. So I gave you guys the Cubs under. Last I checked, it was one nothing in the third inning. Um, so this is just something that people should always know. When the wind at Wrigley Field is between 5 and 10 miles an hour, the under hits almost 60% of the time. Really? So that's why that's my pick today when I woke up. And I knew I'd be on your show at 3, but that game started at 220. So I did put that on Twitter. So that is, I'm counting that in my record. Um, so, yeah, a Cubs day game at Wrigley, the under is going to hit if there's any kind of wind. And right now it's at 9, which is really high. Um, so I got that one. And then my other baseball pick is I was looking at the uh, Grom snell matchup, and I was trying to figure out how to bet it. I like the Padres in the first five innings. I got them at plus a half. So basically they will either be winning or tied at the end of the first five innings in the matchup between Jacob DeGrom and Blake Snell. Um, it's the second time for the Padres seeing DeGrom in eight days. And the last time that DeGrom pitched against the Padres twice in a season, they split the series. I think that the Padres might end up winning this game overall. Um, San Diego's hit really well against him. Their flash line's 250 and 300 and 393. So they've been pretty solid against DeGrom. Um, so that's what I'm going with. I'm going with uh, San Diego Padres at plus a half in the first five innings. And I got it at plus money, too. So it was a good value bet for me as well. Well, we'll retweet this at ESPN Sportzilla. Uh, but Michael will put his results out in the form of a tweet later for us tonight so we can figure out his record. 7-4-1 and one as it stands right now. What's up, Matt? So, Michael, I wanted to ask you about teams that have a poor record. Is it easier to bet on those teams like the Diamondbacks or the Orioles to be semi-competitive, or do you expect more blowouts because they're bad teams? Yeah, what do you do with a team that's lost 30 out of 35, for example, with the Diamondbacks? I think it's an opportunity to find the games that they're going to win. When it's a pitching matchup that works, somebody on the other team's out of the lineup, there's an injury involved, when there's some little thing, because you're still going to get awesome value on them. I mean, obviously, if you bet on the Orioles to win a lot, you're, it's not going to go great for you. But if you can find the matchups and the nights that they do, that's where you can really make money. Um, so that's where you have to really be in tune with the team itself and the matchup and, like, no those little things that are going to end up, as you said, maybe they'll cover a run line or maybe they'll win the game. And you just got to, you have to be patient with those. You can't just say, Oh, like the Orioles have lost 10 in a row. They're going to win eventually. Yes, that's true. But you have to try to find that spot. So it, uh, it takes some time and some effort. This is Michael Lear with his voice of the Utica comments and Syracuse alum, the professor joining us a couple of times a week now on the sports illustrated show on ESPN radio. Let me just give out two things from the Twitch chat, Matt, and I, and I promise we'll get right to you. Uh, J 17 looks good in shorts, uh, called out your stat and said it was dumb. And then young <laughs> Wolf, who said that weather based bets are next level. You need to step. Um, you need some more outdoor hockey to up your chances when, Placing your bets. Um, I wanted to ask, what's the most obscure stat that you've ever cited or variable when placing a bet? And then we'll close out with Matt's question. Oh, I probably don't know it off the top of my head, but last summer there was some baseball stuff that I was like, it would just be the most ridiculous stats that if the percentage of 
an underhitting or an overhitting in certain situations. I think the Wrigley one is my favorite one because it's well publicized and everybody knows it, and it still happens for people that bet it. Um, that's my favorite one, but I'll try to I'll try to dig through and see if I can find some obscure. Uh, obscure things for you okay yeah we'll, we'll get an answer from you at the beginning of next week when we hook up again to do this final question for michael lear here on the sports hill show on espn radio well Blue guy i asked you about teams that have bad standings or bad records what about teams that have good records is it hard to find good matchups with a team that wins quite often as far as making money goes in baseball i think it's easy i think betting favorites in baseball are, are easier to bet on because you just know you know what you're going to get out of their lineup usually, and then it's just picking the pitcher. Um, sometimes you have to be a little bit more creative, I would say, with because if you're the favorite, you're not going to get a great odds or any great value, so you have to be a little bit more creative. So that's where I go with um, either parlaying it into something or taking a first five innings or um, even buying or selling points the other way to try to make it um, a little bit better odds, but you have to risk a little bit more. So you just try to find the days that those – good teams are really going to be on their game. Well, there you go. We got a few bets put out there from Michael Lear for you. Probably join us again uh, Tuesday-ish is what I'm thinking. That's usually where we work them in, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's the plan. Have a great weekend, Michael. Thank you for the time. This has been Oddsmakers on ESPN Radio and the Sports Illustrated Show. We're going to come back and talk to Mike McAllister with Syracuse on SI. Yes, we'll address Syracuse football, Syracuse basketball, Gary Gate and men's lacrosse, and a couple of other surprises, including, well, not a surprise, Syracuse women's basketball. Hold tight. I am very proud to announce it's the Sportzilla Show on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Here's Rain and Matt. Got to bring in our boy Mike McAllister from Syracuse on SI on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line here on the Sportzilla Show. We got a few things that we think are worth a mention and we want to get your comments on. So we're going to take you all around Syracuse athletics, men's basketball, women's basketball, We've got football and we've got lacrosse. Why don't we start with Gary Gate, uh, the retirement of Desco, the press conference yesterday, everything else that you heard. What do you want to interject? Uh, I was going to let him brag on his Red Sox against the Yankees. Oh, in the sweep? Yeah. You don't really want to do that, Mike. No? Yes? Um, I, I think I can just let their stellar play speak for itself <clears throat> and the Yankees lack thereof. <sighs> so, you know, we can just kind of leave it at that. Um, <sighs> but as far as Gary Gate goes, you know, I I think if if you're going to move on from John Desco, whether it's you know him retiring or you deciding to go in another direction, whatever the case is, you know him retiring in this case, I think if you're going to replace him, that is is a name that makes the most sense. You know, there's there's a couple other that are in um, men's college lacrosse right now that you know if Syracuse were to have hired them, you'd go, oh, that's a really good hire. But you're basic, you're almost getting the Michael Jordan of the sport, right? And he happens to be your an alum of yours. He was already at, you know, he doesn't have to move. He was already there. Um, so there's there's a lot of things that make sense. I think he's going to be able to recruit at a really high level. And if he's able to have the same impact from a coaching and teaching perspective as he did on the women's game, on the men's game, then Syracuse is going to be back to competing for national championships very, very quickly. Mike, what are the tweaks that he has to make in order to return Syracuse and put them back in that final four national championship conversation every single season to get us back to where the fan base wants the team to be. Well, I think it starts with recruiting and and you look at what they have for the 2022 class. They've already got three five-star players yep. uh, committed, including the number one player overall in the class. 
that, uh, you know, were guys that committed to John Desco. So I think his first task is to call those guys. And, and, and I do understand that he has had a Zoom meeting with the Syracuse commits. Um, I found that out from uh, the number one player, Joey Spolina, um, in, when I was talking to him yesterday. Mm-hmm. So he has had a Zoom meeting with those guys, but it's preserving that class, keeping the recruiting at an elite level. But I don't really think that offense is a huge problem for them, honestly, even with the struggles they had last year. I think face-off is, is, a, is a key area that they've got to improve. They've got to be able to get extra possessions and allow the offensive talent that they have to, to flourish. And then they've got to be better defensively. They couldn't stop anybody. And I don't think that that was a goalie issue as much as it was they didn't have those lockdown defenders that when Syracuse has been elite, not only have they had uh, prolific scoring offenses, they've got out in transition, they've played an off-tempo game, which – I think he's going to bring back a little bit, but they also had some really good defensive players that could shut you down and take on, take on your best scorer and, um, and, and shut him down. So I, I think that's, that's really what is the next step for Syracuse is to improve defensively, both in terms of personnel and in terms of scheme. Okay, Mike, let's move on to the final piece of the Syracuse women's basketball roster after losing 12 players, They've got a grad transfer coming in, Alasia Styles. Um, how does this change the dynamic? They've also got a really good recruiting class. I believe it's top 10 or 11 and a few remaining players that didn't leave of the 12 that didn't leave. Uh, so there's still a lot of work to be done. How good is this move joining everybody else they've already brought in out of the transfer portal? Yeah, it's another nice piece for depth. You know, she she's not someone that played. Um, you know, wasn't a key figure at either of her previous two stops. You know, wasn't someone that started and played 35 minutes a game or anything like that. But she's someone that can come off the bench and, and play 15 to 20 minutes and give you some solid minutes here and there. And you need those type of players on your roster. And I think with with what they have coming back, with who the, who they're bringing in in terms of that recruiting class, as you mentioned, and then the other transfers that they've got coming in, you know, it's a nice piece to round out the roster. I think Syracuse is going to be able to play nine or ten players and. Um, they're going to get out and run and, and be a little bit faster than they have the last couple of years and kind of get back to the style that they had in 2016 when um, you know they made that run to the championship game. So I think that's the goal is to try to get back to that style, allow the, the full-court press defense to do its thing, and then you know play fast and, and hit hit three-pointers offensively. That's, that's going to be the, the way that they play. And you know, they're, they're adding pieces to do that. So, yes, they lost a lot of players, but they brought a lot of talent in as well. So we'll see how it all comes together. That's Coach Q's task now is he's got to figure out how to get all those new pieces together and, and to play like they've been together for two or three years. Absolutely. Mike McAllister with Syracuse NSI is here with us on the Accelerate Sports Complex phone line. Sports Show Friday edition ESPN Radio. Uh, let's stay with basketball. Flip to the men's team real quick. We're looking at the class of 2022, and we were posed the question, Q Sports Talk in our Twitch chat, um, Does is it make or break getting Justin Taylor in the sense that will that keep Jim around longer? I don't think he goes anywhere anyways. Um, and if it's not Justin Taylor, who is the key cog that they're looking at that they haven't had commit yet? It seems like he's the most likely, but there are other options. There are. So I'll preface it with this. I don't think there's any one recruit in any one recruiting class that is make or break for a program like Syracuse, because even when Syracuse is quote unquote down, there's still a bubble tournament team. And when they get in, you know, they can make a run and they have in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So that that's your floor, right? Your floor is a bubble team. So there's, there's a recruit that can make a difference, but I don't know that he 
breaks your program. That said, I do think that Justin Taylor is a domino for the rest of the class in that he's talking to some other players that, that Syracuse is recruiting and that he knows from the AAU circuit, um, from high school and, and all those things um, that, you know, if, if Syracuse were to land him, that he can help recruit some of those guys. And, and he's a known commodity in um, his recruiting class in terms of other players know how good he is. And so I think that having him commit, if, if they were able to get him by the end of the month, let's say, or even, you know, sometime in July, that gives you, you know, some months ahead to recruit those point guards that you're after, the Quadier Copelands and the J.J. Starlings and the Chance Westries. It could help you recruit the Kyle Filipowskis because now they're looking at Syracuse and saying, not only did you get Benny Williams in 21, but you've added uh, Kamari Lands and Justin Taylor in 22 you're starting to put something together there, and that's that's something I want to be a part of. And, and not only that, we've talked about Donovan Klingon before when I've been on. He's a class of 2022 center. He's 7'1", Absolutely. You know, 250 pounds. He's, he's an elite center prospect, something Syracuse hasn't had in, in a long time with, with what he can do on both ends of the floor. You can run your offense through him, et cetera. If you want to get a player like that, it's going to be a tough recruitment. Part of the way you do that is by adding pieces that he can look at and say, wow, look at the talent that they're bringing in. And that's something that Syracuse can do by landing players like Justin Taylor. So um, he had his official visit the last couple of days. We did an interview with him. The interview is up on the website. It is free for those who are not subscribed if they want to go check it out. Um, And he's got one more visit left to Indiana that's next weekend, I believe, towards the end of next week. And then, you know, he'll be making a decision, uh, potentially could be making a a decision at some point after that. Put the name of the website out there for everybody listening right now, and then we're going to follow you up with our football question. Yeah, you can find it either at allsyracuse.com or um, it's Syracuse on the Sports Illustrated Network or find me on Twitter at uh, McAllisterMike1, and you can uh, I've got the tweet up there so you can find the link right there as well. Cheap pop, right? Isn't that what we call that yes, in yes. wrestling? All right. That's right. Definitely giving you the plug. We're going to follow up. we got one last one for you pertaining to football and a couple things, a couple players you've written about. Yeah, Mike, talk about defensive end. <clears throat> Excuse me, Daniel Owens, who Syracuse hosted. He's a 2022 recruit, as well as offensive tackle prospect David Connor. Yeah, so we'll start with Owens. He is um, a pretty highly regarded defensive end prospect from Maryland. He attends Calvert High, a Cal- Calvert Hall High School, which is the same high school that uh, running back Sean Tucker went to. Mm-hmm. So those two know each other a little bit. Um, but he's he's got Michigan, Penn State, Maryland, a bunch of other uh, you know big time offers. He was on campus for an unofficial visit um, on Wednesday. Um, I'm sorry, he was on he was on campus yesterday. Um, he got there late Wednesday night and actually took his visit yesterday, um, and it went very well. He was very impressed by the role that Syracuse wants him to play. Um, you know, he did a little bit of a workout they, so they could coach him up a little bit and show him what their coaching style is like. He enjoyed that. He was blown away by the facilities and the campus and the architecture, the buildings and things like that. So Syracuse has a shot. He was he didn't seem like he was anywhere close to a decision. I think he could be someone who takes his official visits in the fall and kind of goes from there, makes a decision during or after his senior season. But um, Syracuse is firmly in the mix, and they've given themselves a shot. As far as David Connors go, um, goes, he's a 6'7", 280-pound offensive tackle. Syracuse just offered him recently. Interestingly, he's from Georgia, 
but he called Syracuse one of his dream schools, which you don't often hear from kids from Georgia. But um, it, it's a school that he's he's grown up watching. He's been exposed to, to Syracuse football, and it's a school that you know he thought he could be successful at. And so um, that offer meant quite a bit to him. He's been talking with Syracuse for quite a while, and uh, wouldn't surprise me if he ends up scheduling a visit to, to get up and see campus before the month is out. There's always some weird alignments we make with our sports fandom based on some strange, quirky things that don't make sense logically, but yet here we are. Mike McAllister from Syracuse NSI with us on the Sports Illustrated Show on ESPN Radio. Let me just close out by saying, please pass it along to JW that the podcast will be out about 30 minutes after we get off the air at four o'clock because I always get really excited when I see your dad retweet your appearances on the air with us. I think it's awesome. Yes, he's uh, he's very supportive, which is is definitely uh, definitely meaningful to me to to have that happen. And we're you know about a little less, little over a week away from Father's Day, so um, you know it's it's pretty cool. Glad you got to give a shout out to your dad on the air, and I'm hoping he enjoys your appearances. We enjoy having you on here. And I'm hoping he listens so he can hear us say that, too. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the time. Have a great weekend. Thanks, guys. You, too. Sports Show ESPN Radio back with Soundcheck next, including Russell Wilson saying, I have the audio, that he did not request a trade. It's next. It's the SportsZilla Show with Rain and Matt on ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Talk. Listen to this. Mic check. Okay? Good. Here's your Sports Soundcheck. Got some sounds, some audio from Russell Wilson, quarterback of Seattle. The Sea Chickens. For that, now. That's not their actual name. Does he eventually get traded? Where's Sean Watson going? What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers? Oh, there's so many storylines in the soap opera that is 24-7, 365, the National Football League. Oh, but we'll start with this. He says now, I did not request a trade. I'm pretty sure he requested a trade, and I think that he's full of it, um, but he's going to try to make it work this year. So he lasts this year, and then they trade him next year? That's what I think. That's what you think? Yeah. You're going to make it through, try to get through one more year? Well, uh, you can play the audio, and we'll talk about it. You want to respond after? Here you go. There was a whole thing saying that I requested a trade, and that's just not true. You know, I didn't request a trade, you know. So I think everything kind of started from there. Uh, And then, obviously, tons of teams were calling. And I think that the reality was is that I didn't really want to go anywhere else. I wanted to play in Seattle. But if I had to go somewhere, these are the teams I would go to consider. At the end of the day, I have no trade clause, right? So I think, you know, um, I think for me, though, you know, I, I had a, a great conversation with Coach Carroll. Had a good, really great conversation with John too. You know, and Coach Carroll and I spent a lot of time together, one on one. And uh, you know, we're on the same page. You know, we're we're here to do what we're, what we're meant to do, and that's to win it all. They're on the same you, buddy. Yeah, apparently. But come on. So he gives the Seahawks a team that he would prefer to be traded to. So maybe you didn't use the words "I demand a trade." But you more or less said, hey, these are the teams that I'm completely open to going to. Yeah, you know, so if you were going to trade me, I'd go here, I would go here, I'd consider here, and I might even consider here. The fact I, that I'm, you had a list and goes, here you go, here's where I'd like to be traded if you're, if you're going to do it. Regardless of when the list was, maybe the news gets out there first. And then you gave him the list, or did you have the list? I think he had the list. And that information got out, and that's what started the narrative in the press and in the media, and then it took on a life of its own, and then everybody talked about it, and we're still talking about it. Um, there was something there. And Russell Wilson's not going to Aaron Rodgers 
this. He's not going to cause an issue between him and his teammates. He's not going to throw anyone in the Seahawks organization under the bus, but I think he should in order to get traded. What he's doing is... He's being the nice guy. Well, he's talking to Pete Carroll so they can work out any and all issues they have so that if they have to proceed and move forward with him as the quarterback in Seattle, and that is obviously the head coach, they're going to try to find a way to make it work. But on the other side of that, I didn't say, I want to trade, I demand a trade, but I am sitting here saying... I'm open to it. I wouldn't be opposed to it. That's right. So if that happened, that's okay. Please send me to one of these places if you do. So he kind of has a path to get through this season one way or the other. He kind of, he covered all of his bases, uh, but I still think he wanted out ultimately. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you prepare a list of teams if you're not ready to get out of town. This is sound check on ESPN radio with the sports Illustrated show. You want one last point? Uh, yeah. Uh, the Seahawks need to get him offensive linemen. That's the whole reason why he wants a trade to begin with. Because he's running around constantly, and he's sick of doing so. I mean, he has a weapon, but yeah. he, DK Metcalf, right? Yeah, but he needs time to throw him the ball. But he can't throw him the ball because he's being chased around all the time, and therein lies the problem. So do a little better, fix that problem, then maybe there's no issues anymore, and uh, you can have some success. I mean, he is a Super Bowl champion, right? That's correct. And they did lose that one, unfortunately, to your Patriots, too. Also correct. Uh, which sucks for the rest of us. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN NFL Nation reporter covers the Cowboys said this. Dallas feels that they can be in any game and they can win shootouts if they have to. They don't want to do that, but they feel like they have the offense to get that done. Now, Dak Prescott's been ahead of schedule. The only really thing he has to graduate to is can he fire off that ankle and throw with authority when there's... We're going to have to figure out if he is fully healthy and can perform up to the standards that we would expect. They are going to have an explosive offense. Uh, but the lack of defense was a huge problem for them last year, and you're not going to outscore everybody. Well, what tells you that they're going to have an explosive offense? I'm curious. Uh, weapons, right? Dak, I mean, he put up some huge numbers, but then again, the offensive line has slowly deteriorated over the last few years. The running game, because of that, is not quite the same, which takes the pressure and the focus off of Dak. I say, is Dak even a top-five running back anymore? If you think the Cowboys are going to be a top overall offense, as of right now, I would say you're dead wrong and you're a Kool-Aid-drinking Cowboys fan. They're not top-five yeah, at all. I don't know how good they're going to be this year. I almost feel like... Uh, on paper, the Giants might have surpassed them a little bit. Am I saying that because I wanted you to roll your eyes? Am I saying that because I believe that, or I'm just a biased Giants fan? Talk me out of it. Uh, I don't think you can trust Daniel Jones yet until we see that Josh Allen-esque development. Assume That jump from year two to three, we saw Josh Allen go from on the fringe of being the Buffalo Bill starting quarterback to eventually, wow, he's the guy, we can't let go of him. I understand there's injuries involved. Okay, assume, assume Daniel Jones makes pro progress. Assume Dak Prescott is healthy. Assume Saquon Barkley is healthy. Those variables included on paper. You're trying to tell me you think that the Giants haven't slightly surpassed the Cowboys based on this past offseason? Uh, the bar isn't very high for the Cowboys. That's true. So, yeah, I feel like the Giants have surpassed them. But are you worried about the Washington football team? At all? No. With Fitzmagic at quarterback? No. Why? They have a great defense in theory on paper, and I expect that they will. Chase Young is going to eat your quarterback. Uh, all quarterbacks. He's a beast. It's not just within the division. He's a, he's going to scare a lot of teams 
period, all season. I don't think Fitzmagic is real past week four of any NFL season in any of his previous eight or nine stops. It's amazing. He'll get he'll get him started. He's not the answer. He's just not the answer anymore. Can Go you ahead. try to sell me on your Giants being the explosive, the most explosive team in that division? Mm, no, not yet. Not yet. So so what case are you trying to make? I want to see a little bit more come out of the OTAs and things like that. And and I want to see a little bit more. Um, I think, listen, if the young offensive line makes progress as is expected to due to new coaching, new offensive line coach and everything like that, yep. Saquon puts up his numbers and is a dual threat quarterback and turnover issues and the ability to make a decision to just throw the ball away. In other words, the progress that I want out of Daniel Jones offensively, that's going to be the difference right there to answer your question. But also, I I do believe what they've done defensively to accentuate the progress they made over the course of last year, and I love Patrick Graham as the defensive coordinator. Uh, You bring in some of these new players, smart, smart game plans, smart coaching, good coaching, that defense is going to be really good again. On June 11th, can you say that the Giants will have a winning season? Um, They were 6-10 and 10 last year. That's my point. The whole division was trash. If, this, if everything plays out the way I just described, absolutely. But I don't know what injuries are going to happen between now and then. And I don't mean you guys are going to win 12 games this season. No. I mean 9-7. and seven would get you guys, I'm assuming, in the playoffs. That's my best-case scenario realistically for the team this year. My best-case scenario. And I mean best. I don't expect much more than that. That's Saquon being an MVP candidate. That's assuming Daniel Jones does progress like I talked about earlier. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is a nice progression. Based on it's not going to be the NFC least next year, I think every team in that division has done some things where they could be better. And that even includes the Cowboys that I was kind of undercutting just a couple of minutes ago. Last piece of audio today is from Sean McVay, Rams head coach here on ESPN Radio and the Sports Illustrated Show on Matt Stafford. Basically, he's not dissing Goff, but he's happy he's got Matt Stafford. I think I've been very happy. Everybody says, man, you just seem like you're in a better mood this offseason. I said, you're damn right I am. So this guy, uh, he's a special guy. I think uh, one of the best ways that I can describe him, when you hear people that have been around him, there's a there's a known confidence where when he walks into a room, you always feel his presence, but he's got a great humility about himself that everybody loves being around him, and, and he's one of those guys that I think is a true igniter. It makes everybody around him better. I feel like I've become a better coach in the few months that we've been able to spend together and uh, we're looking forward to doing a lot of good things together you get some health in a couple more good years out of Matthew Stafford you help Sean McVay keep his job because otherwise if this goes bad see ya he's in the unemployment line on Black Monday that's what we call it but I feel like majority of the league will be looking for his services uh yeah I have a feeling you might be right let's pause right there let's come back with the last thing that we'll say today here on ESPN radio the sports Zella show with rain and Matt can everyone hear me okay okay well, so we've made some amazing adjustments and okay here's the last thing we'll say today on ESPN radio ESPN and twitch.tv slash Q sports talk 
We're having a pretty funny conversation. Rattle off the list of teams that during the commercial break, and if you're with us on Twitch at Q Sports Talk, you probably heard us talking about in detail. These are teams that we expect to have a decent offense next year. And uh, not one of the teams mentioned are the Cowboys or anyone in the NFC East. That's true. So Tampa Bay, yep. Kansas City, yep. Seattle, yep. Uh, Chargers. Yep. I feel like Justin Herbert's going to be amazing this year. He's going to have a another developmental step upwards, and I can't wait to see it. Yeah, and we've, we've broken down our reasons for these all. If you want to go back on Demand Q Sports Talk and, and give a listen to that. Uh, but then again, podcast will be out soon enough. What do you got? Buffalo, Tennessee, Arizona, Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins. Starting to believe. Green Bay, if they have Aaron Rodgers for right. the whole season. Yep. And Cleveland. Yep. I, I believe in Cleveland. Baker Mayfield did enough last year. The season before, I was like, whoa, do we have a bust here? But it clicked last year. Uh, getting rid of Kitchens. Obviously, they have better coaching now. Uh, they've got some weapons. It's a good team. Cleveland's going to be good. But the X Factor is OBJ. Absolutely. They were better without him. How does that work out? Hmm. I'm curious to find out. Man, if they're bad, is it the chemistry and him being inserted back into that locker room as an active roster member? You have to imagine. I feel like the locker room would think so. It was awkward when I said member. I apologize. Uh, No Brent Axe. uh, No on the block today and for a handful of Fridays over the next few weeks uh, as we're getting into the summer months. Sports Illustrated show done for the day. Yeah, we're only giving you our two hours of two to four. It's ESPN Radio. Hey, everybody, have a great night.